0: Hi, you're listening to the Grace House Podcast. We are a little country church in Clinton, Arkansas, and our mission is to glorify God in love and worship, to love one another, to teach and equip disciples for Christ, to encourage the church to do something great for God, to saturate the earth with the gospel so that multitudes will be saved. Thanks for joining us, and here is our pastor, Terry Simpson. Hi. We're, uh, uh, we're talking tonight from uh, Matthew chapter 9. We've come to Matthew chapter 9. This is an uh, amazing miracle. And I've got a video to show you uh, what happened. Uh, it's called The Chosen. This is Jesus Heals the Paralytic. Okay, go ahead. Play it. Jesus of Nazareth. I saw what you did to the leper on the road this morning. My friend has been paralyzed since childhood. He has no hope but you. Please, do for him what you did for the leopard. Are we really here for this? not the authority of any rabbi from Nazareth. Where did you study? Your faith is beautiful. Son, take heart. Your sins are forgiven. Who is this who speaks blasphemies? can forgive sins but God alone. Right. But I ask you, which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or rise up and walk? It's easy to say anything, no? But to show you, and so that you may know that the Son of Man, as the authority on Earth to forgive sins. Of the Chosen, and yes, season one of the Chosen is complete. All pretty awesome, huh? Turn with me to uh, Matthew chapter 9. We're working our way through Matthew, miracles in Matthew. This is a mighty miracle. Matter of fact, you get two for the price of one here. Whenever you can find two for the price of one, I grab a hold of it. Forgiveness for his soul, healing for his body. Amen. No charge. (laughs) Doctors cost a lot of money. (laughs) Things that are valuable have a high price. All God's things are valuable and all of them are free. They're not free to Him. They cost Him the death of His Son. But in that death and the shedding of His blood, and the breaking of His body and His death on the cross, He paid for everything that we need. Forgiveness for our souls, healing for our body, eternal life, abundant life, peace, joy, love, God in our lives. Everything paid for by Him. All Jesus has to do is just speak the Word. Bam! That's pretty free. That's pretty free. Free is better than buy one, get one free. <laughs> free. All free. Now, the religious world, religion wants you to pay for something. They want you to jump through hoops. They always got something for you to do to earn it or whatever. Not, God doesn't do that. All that's required is faith. He saw their faith, the scripture says, and bam. That's it. That's all that is required of us. Not money, not works, not rituals, not religious rites. Nothing, nothing, nothing. It's all free. Freely given. This is grace that is greater than all our sin. This is mercies that are new every morning. Everlasting mercy. This is the God of grace and the God of power. Uh, So in an. Matthew chapter 9, I'm going to show you some parallel passages because this story is is told also in uh, uh, Mark chapter 2, verse 3 through 12. It's all in your notes, but I cannot possibly cover everything that's in these notes. There's a lot of stuff in these notes. I want you to know that. Uh, But I'm going to try to kind of of, of give you a little insight into some of the other accounts. It's also recorded in uh, Luke chapter 5, verse 18 through 26. So look with me at chapter 9, verse 1. So Jesus, now he's been uh, over the the land of the Gadarenes. He just delivered two men from a legion of demons. And so uh, they killed the swine. Jesus didn't kill the swine. The demons killed the swine. And the townspeople came up, came back, and they lost their prophet and they lost their pigs. And so they asked him to leave. And he accommodates them. He asked him to leave. One commentator I read said, "It it is interesting to note that when Jesus, when you ask Jesus to leave, he will leave. Matter of fact, if you just ignore him, he'll leave. When the Roman Empire came in to destroy Judea in 70 AD, they first destroyed where the where the where the Gadites lived. They wiped the country level, like Sherman going through Georgia. They leveled and killed everybody. That's the first place they came. They had rejected. I don't know if that's why they why they did it, but nevertheless. Uh, so he got into the boat to leave. And go cross over uh, the Sea of Galilee. And he came to his own city. His own city by this time is is uh, Capernaum. It wasn't where he was born. His own city is not Bethlehem. How many of you live in the city you were born in? Not many people do. <laughs> Two people. <laughs> you need to get out more. That's all I got to say. <laughs> I have talked to kids in school who've never been outside of Arkansas. Wow. Anyway, uh, it wasn't the city. It wasn't Jerusalem. That it wasn't, it wasn't not his city. His father's house was in Jerusalem, but that was not his city. Nazareth, where he was brought up, that was not his city. He had moved his headquarters to Capernaum uh, on, on Galilee. So that was his city. He went to Capernaum. Uh, verse 2, then behold, they brought to him a paralytic. What I want you to do is hold your place here and go to Luke. I want to show you the scene. The scene, Luke 5, verse 17, because you need to get, you got a little bit of the scene from the video, but there's a lot of people there. And not only are there a lot of people there, there's a lot of important people there. He's, he's in the house and he's teaching, he's teaching the word. And while he's teaching the word in the house, the streets is, are full of people and the house is full of people and the doorways full of people. And there's just a lot of, a lot of people around. Uh, it says in verse 17, now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching, Jesus was before anything else, he was a teacher, uh, that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town in Galilee, Judea and Jerusalem. The video shows like three, three of them. No, they, they come from everywhere. Rabbis, teachers of the law, Pharisees and scribes had come from everywhere because they'd heard about Jesus. And so uh, look what it says in the rest of verse 17. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. While he's teaching, the power of God enters the room. Jesus of Nazareth was anointed with the Holy Spirit and power. This is one of those times when the power of God fell on this group of people uh so and then behold men brought on a bed the film kind of shows him being let down on a whatever i don't know but he was he was let down on a bed. it's kind of interesting that uh, that the bed carried him when he came but he left carrying the bed <laughs> that's really good okay back over to uh, uh mark i mean matthew chapter 9 And behold, they brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed when Jesus saw their faith. Now, I I think this man had faith or he wouldn't let them carry him. But imagine, imagine this. I don't think he'd ever walked in the film, it says, since he was a child. Imagine not being able to walk. We take that for granted, don't we? I know a young man who was in our church, in Celebration Church. Uh, his name was Brian, and he was a healthy young man. He about 24 years old had a car accident, and it crippled him for the rest of his life. And he, he never stopped coming. It, they would bring him. He, he couldn't walk anywhere. And I, I began to see, because we were good friends of he was good friends of our family, and that he literally had to be carried everywhere. He couldn't do it. And he got strong in his arm, but we take for granted the fact that we can just walk. I'm standing here now. You got up out of bed this morning and walked across the room. I told somebody the other day, uh, I asked a, a guy named John, I said, you, you, know, you know some names for bathrooms? Give me some names for bathrooms. I do this with the kids all the time. And he went, John? I said, right, John. That's one of the names for a bathroom. I said, I did not name my bathroom John. I named it Jim. My bathroom is named Jim. That way, when I, I tell people all during, during the day, first thing I do when I get out of bed, I go to the gym. <laughs> that, that, that is a anyway. <laughs> oh, I, I I told Rick this in the band a while ago. He brought his banjo in. I said, you know the difference between a violin and a fiddle. A violin has strings, and a fiddle has strings. <laughs> he saw their faith. I'm sure the guy had faith. He'd been carried around uh, uh, or he wouldn't have let them bring him there. But their faith, the woman's faith in, in the video and, and, and the people who brought the four people. It says four people let him down. Uh, he said to the paralytic, son, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you. I don't know when's the last time you rejoiced over your sins being forgiven. All your sins were paid for at the cross. All your sins, past, present, and future. Somebody said, "Our future sins were already paid for? Yeah, they were all future when Jesus died. All your sins, sins of thought. The Bible says that Jesus knew their thoughts. He perceived in his spirit and he knew their thoughts. Sins of thought. How many, how many wrong thoughts have you had today? Sins of omission. Things you should have done, but you didn't do. In Matthew 25, Jesus said, all these people went to hell for something they didn't do. I was hungry, and you didn't feed me. I was naked, and you didn't clothe me. These shall be turned into everlasting fire. That's what he said. Sins, you should have done, but you didn't do it. Sins you should not have done, but you did do Sins of of the mouth, sins of attitude, sins of actions, hurting people, wrong thoughts about God, getting angry at God, sins, they mount up to the size of Everest, and Jesus where the word says, be of good cheer, (laughs) amen, your sins are forgiven you, Jesus died for our sins that we might be forgiven. He says, be of good cheer. I think we should rejoice. The the, the forgiveness in the Bible has the idea of a lifting of the load off. A separation, a divorce, an, an amputation. God has removed your sins as far as the east is from the west. He has buried them in the depth of the sea and put up a sign that says, no fishing. I threw that last part in. The Bible says, put it in the depths of the sea. Right? Our sins are gone. Never to be remembered. God remembers our sins no more. I'm just having a little cheer up here. I'm sorry. I'm having a little cheer. This is a happy time. I'm forgiven. All my sins are gone. They're never going to be brought up again. They're under the blood of Jesus. I'm forgiven. The load is lifted. No more guilt. No more condemnation. No more, no more, no more. I'm free. God's not hunting me down. He has forgiven me. I can come back home. This is good cheer. Woo! This is what should be going on in the house of God. Good cheer. of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you. The prodigal son came home. Remember? I am no longer worthy to be called your son. <laughs> Father kissed him, embraced him, killed a fatted calf, threw a party, dancing, Beast in the cat, in the father's house. Good cheer, good cheer, good cheer. My son who was dead has is alive. He was lost and now he's, he's come home. There was celebration because the son had been forgiven of all of his sin. The older brother comes up. He didn't like it. There were Pharisees and scribes there. Didn't like the fact that Jesus was forgiving the people of their sin. But it's to us. It's good cheer. Good. It's a happy time. Happy time! If God doesn't do anything else for you but that, that's enough. Wow! Be of good cheer; your sins are forgiven you. And at once, some of the scribes said within themselves, the thinking within themselves. Uh, in Mark two eight, I want you. To, it says this. Uh, but immediately, when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves. Jesus is doing this as a man. If I could point out to you, uh, it says, uh, verse 6, but that you may know that the Son of Man. Look at verse 8. Now when the multitudes saw it, they marveled and glorified God, who had given such power to men. Jesus did this as the Son of Man. I've been preaching since March about... We we're being conformed to the image of Christ. We were made to bear the image of God. We we're made in the likeness of God. We have the power to do these things in Jesus' name. He's the second Adam. He's the head of the race, and we do it in his name. He did it in his own name. He just said, i say you, but we do it in his name. There's a lot in the notes about forgiveness, us uh, remitting people's sins. You need to read the notes. I'm not going to talk about that tonight because uh, I don't have time. At once, some of the scribes, I mean, back in Matthew 8, Matthew 9, 3, this man blasphemies, blasphemy means he's taken upon the role of God. He's claiming to do something only God can do. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, why do you think evil in your heart? I love this. Which is easier to say? In the movie, I like the way that the the character says, it's easy to say anything. Now watch this. I'm, I'm making two points tonight, and this is the first one. You can say anything. I can say your sins are forgiven. I can say, rise up. I can say anything. But don't you notice what he says after he says that? Which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or to say, arise and walk. You can say anything. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. And he arose and departed to his house. Healing by Jesus is proof is proof that He has the power and the authority to forgive sin. It's a proof. It's easy to say it. How do you know Jesus has power on earth to forgive sin? Because He heals people. In uh, in John uh, John 10, uh, I don't have time to read to you. Jesus said, if you don't believe me for what I say, just believe me for the works. Nicodemus said, you must be from God. Nobody could do the signs that you do unless God be with him. It's the works that prove who he is. Amen. And when we heal, when people are healed in the name of Jesus, it's proof that God, that Jesus has power to forgive sin. Muhammad doesn't heal people. Buddha doesn't heal people. 300 million Hindu gods don't heal people. Jesus heals people. Oh, this is awesome. The proof, the proof is in the miracle. The proof is in the healing. And and I got scripture after scripture in the notes about where this is true, found throughout the rest of the New Testament. Wow, the proof. Not only that, but uh, verse 8. Now, when the multitude saw it, they marveled and glorified God, who had given such power to men. They glorified God. Now, here's my last point. I wish I had time to develop this. Like I said, I I don't have time. It's it's in your notes. But uh, people think, they really think this, that sickness and disease and infirmities glorifies God. Especially if you handle it correctly. If, you're, you know, if, you can, if you can handle it well and with grace. There is a certain grace given to people to handle pain and, and disappointment and stuff like that. But if you, you search the scripture, read the notes. Verse after, verse after verse after verse, book after book after book. It says, when they were healed, they glorified God. Now You can walk in a room where somebody's dying of cancer and say, well, glory to God if you want to. I I would not advise it. You're dying. You're terminal. You're not going to make it out of this bed. You're going to die tomorrow. Glory to God. I would not advise that. But when that person comes out of that bed. Healed. No more tumors. Healed by the power of God. That's when we applaud. That's when we rejoice. That's when we say glory to God. Glory to God. That brings glory to God. Sickness doesn't bring glory to God for crying out loud. We would put somebody in jail if they gave people sickness. You, you give somebody COVID, they'll arrest you. You even go without a mask, they'll arrest you. And yet we think God does this for his own glory. That's a bunch of nonsense. The devil does this, and God heals people and performs miracles that we might glorify him. They glorified him. Amen. I've never, I've been in many uh, places where, Pastor Catherine Krugman meetings and, and other in church where people were healed. It's like rejoicing. Glory to God. Glory to God. And people start applauding. Yes. We've had people whose lives have been touched right here in this church. And when, and when they know about it, phew, glory, glory to God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. You praise God that Jesus is doing his work. That's when you praise God. You don't praise God when the devil's doing his work. You're sad. You're crying. You're morbid. But when God intervenes and brings his goodness and his mercy and his power and his grace and his healing virtue, that's when we praise God. Hallelujah. I I once was sick and now I'm well. I once was terminal and now I'm what? Healed. Amen. So that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sin, rise, take up your bed, and go home. How do you know Jesus has authority to forgive your sins? Because he heals people. Wow. He, he works and he's active. What is it that glorifies God? What is it that causes people to to break out in praise and worship and glorify God? It's healing and miracles and power. I've told you this so many times. Theology is very simple. You cannot miss this. You will never forget this when I say it in case you haven't heard it before. God, good, devil, bad. What is bad? It's of the devil. Whatever is of the devil is bad. Sickness, disease, all this nonsense, uh, crime, killing, bad, devil, bad, God, good. What is good? Health is good. Happiness is good. You can't be too happy. You can be happy over the wrong thing, but you can't be too happy. You can't have too much fun. You can have the wrong kind of fun, but you can't have too much fun. I see you out of the corner of my eyes. I see you out here looking at me over here having fun when I'm dancing. I was having fun during that song Rick was doing on his banjo. We were, we were having a blast. I'm having fun. I don't know about you. My sins are forgiven. Hello. You can, you can do what you want to do, but I'm going to have fun. Jesus loved me. This I know. <laughs> he loves me and he's forgiven me. He's given me eternal life. I'm going to rejoice and have fun. Amen. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, take this word and plant it in our hearts. Help us to know the things that are taught to us in the scriptures. So very plainly, black and red and white. Help us to respond to the good news as though it is good news with good cheer. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and worship the Lord. Woo!